Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Okay, I would like you please to turn with me to the Brit Hadasha, to the New Covenant, New Testament, to Romans 7. And we're going to deal today with the second half of this chapter, Romans 7. And I would like to suggest that in Romans chapter 7, we find, I guess most of us find ourselves, in fact, I don't believe that there is any believer that ever entirely lived beyond Romans chapter 7. Many times we may live beyond Romans chapter 7, but again and again and again we fall back into Romans chapter 7 and we find out very quickly the reality of the life of the believer. We find out in this seventh chapter the fact that here we are, I'm a child of God, I'm a saved person, I belong to Yeshua the Messiah, but here in my life I'm struggling with issues and problems in my life that only the Holy Spirit of God can deliver me out of the state that many times I find myself, and you as well, as the Apostle Paul is saying. Now I'm going to read this passage from Romans chapter 7, beginning from verse 14 to verse 25. I'm not going to read it with the King James, I made myself a copy of the NIV because there is a little bit help here to kind of simplify the verses because some of the verses are a little bit more difficult to understand or not quite clear and that's why I made myself a little copy of chapter 7 and I'm reading it from the NIV just for this text today. Not that I have a problem with the King James, I'm very thankful for the King James, but just some words in Romans 7 will be much easier to understand if we have a little bit more simple words. So let's follow, follow me. Romans 7, beginning at verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. I am sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate, this I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin that lives in me, or sin nature. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I that do it, but it is sin that lives in me that do it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there within me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. 
Then he cries, Oh, what wretched men I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he gives the answer, Thanks be to God, through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, I am a slave to the law of sin. And that's the conclusion in verse 25 of Romans chapter 7. In Romans chapter 7, brothers and sisters, the apostle Shaul, Paul, teaches us a very important lesson. You see, he's answering the second question that a person may ask. So you got saved. So you accepted Yeshua the Messiah as your Lord and as your Savior. You have been delivered from the wrath of God, from the judgment of God. You have been delivered because you have accepted the Lord Jesus the Messiah. And so you have received the grace of God. And so in Romans chapter 6, he's answering the first question that somebody may ask. Somebody may say, well, if God showed me so much grace, therefore I can do as I please because God is gracious and he has shown me grace. He forgave my sin so I can continue in sin. So grace of God may abound. And Paul says in Romans chapter 6, he's answering that first question and he says, God forbid. He says, no. Don't you know that you have been delivered by the work of the Messiah for you? And you should not continue with habitual sin. You may sin, confess it, repent it, be restored. You may sin, confess it, but don't live in a habitual, continual, sinful life because that is not what pleasing to the Lord. But then the other question comes. And another group, as I've mentioned in our last ministry meeting, I said, you remember there's another group who says, look, you've been saved by grace, but you've got to live now as a believer on the basis of the law. And the Lord, in the power of the Spirit of God, through the words of the apostle Shaul, Paul, gives us an answer here to show us not at all. You cannot, not only that the law did not save you, the law could not keep you because the law will condemn you every time. And so, the second half of this chapter, Romans chapter 7, Paul is dealing now with this second problem, second question. And you remember, in the first verses that we have studied, we saw the authority of the law over men. And Paul gave us an example of a husband and wife. He says, when a man and a woman get married, the wife is under the authority of the law or the rules of her husband. And as long as the husband is alive, she's responsible to her husband. If she's going to go to another man, she's committing fornication. And so he takes this as a symbol. He doesn't teach you about marriage and divorce and all these things. He's just saying, listen, just the same like the woman is under the leadership and authority of the rules of her husband, you and I, when we became believers in Yeshua the Messiah, we have been transformed from the headship of Adam to the headship of the Messiah. And so our relationship now is no longer to Adam and his sin nature, but to the Messiah in his resurrection, to Christ, to the Messiah. So the law has authority of a man by nature in this world. Why? Rules have been given. So men will be revealed the reality that he fail every time. And it will drive him to God. We talked about it last time. The second thing that we mentioned last time is what is the purpose of the law? And the purpose of the law, it reveals sin. If you remember, the law arising sin in us and the law kills us every time. Look at those verses before we're going to read the next verses. Notice it, verse 7, Romans 7, it says here, 
What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I did not know sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law said you shall not covet. You see, God had given to Israel our people the law in order to drive them to another person, to the Messiah, Yeshua. The law was not given for them in order to show how holy they can live, but the law shows them how unholy they are, and they need to be driven to the Messiah. Secondly, we said that the law arousing sin, if you remember, we talked about it in Romans 7 verses 8 and 9, where it said, sin taking occasion by the commandment, and wrote in me all manner of desires. You see what happened? When there is a law that tells us don't do that, then human nature desire to do exactly what we were told not to do. And we see it in every area of our life. And remember, the apostles do not only speak here about the law that God had given Israel, the Ten Commandments, and the law that we have in the Bible, but he's talking about law as a principle. And so we dealt with it in our last session as well. And notice another thing before I'm going to move on. The law actually kills me. Find me guilty, accuse me, and kills me. This is verses 10 and 11. If you remember, we said, The commandments which were ordained to give life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. See, Paul could see, you know, and remember that the Shaul, his Hebrew name is Shaul, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He sought to live a righteous life. But how did he know that there was sin in him and that he did not keep the law when the last commandment said, Thou shalt not covet. And the coveting is not something that we do with deeds. It's something that we have inside our hearts. And Paul, Shaul, recognized that. He said, sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and slew me. He says in verses 10 and 11. And finally, the law shows how sinful sin really is. And what's happening when the law shows how sinful sin really is? It is only when the Lord gave us the law. Only when we have law, we find out we just don't measure. We just not rise up. And now remember that we don't say here that neither Paul said that there is some problem with the law. The law has no problem. The law is holy. The law is good. The law is just, as verse 12 tells us. The problem is not with the law. The problem is, is that you and I have a nature that is an Adamic nature, a sinful nature that demanded the death of the Messiah on the tree in order to give us forgiveness of sins. So now we are moving on to verses 14 to 25, where we just read. In those verses, the apostle does something that is going beyond explaining in theory. Now he brings it to the bottom in practice what actually happened in the life of the believer. And you and I have to admit that, that this is exactly what happened in our life every time where we struggle in our life, in our walk with the Lord here in this world. Remember, I'm going to put here a clause here. The moment you have accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, you are once and for all delivered eternally. You are linked with a risen Messiah, you and I, and we belong to Him. And nothing that we will do will ever will enable us to lose the salvation that we receive from the Lord Jesus. But the link of union is one thing, that positional. The link of communion is something that we need to do every day of our life until the Lord is taking us out of this world. And here Paul is teaching us what the law could not do and cannot do for a believer. 
Look at this. Three things we learn here in verses 14 to 25 what the law cannot do for a believer. Number one is in verse 14. The law cannot change us. It says here in verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, and I am sold under sin. You see, Paul, by the way, is turning to himself right now, and he's speaking really about himself. Notice how many times the word I is mentioned here in this chapter. In fact, from verses 14 on, about 30 times the word I is mentioned. About 20 times the word me is mentioned. About four times the word my is mentioned. About one time the word myself is mentioned. The whole story here, it is I, me, my, myself. And Paul is showing to us here in these verses the reality that the law cannot change my old nature at all. Look, he says, we know that the law is spiritual. In other words, the word for spiritual had to do, it deals with the inner man. The law is spiritual, but I, Paul speaking about himself, I am carnal and I am sold under sin. You know, sometimes even Christians, even believers in Yeshua the Messiah think that now that they became believers that they can improve their old nature. As if you see, I'm a child of God now and I can improve, I can make my old nature better. And Paul is saying to us here, he says, Look, the law is spiritual, but I, he's speaking about the old nature, it's carnal. The word for carnal is fleshly. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean the meat on the bone. It means that the human nature, the flesh, is the Adamic nature is sinful. You cannot improve this. You cannot change it. You cannot shape it and make it better. Many times people, by setting rules and laws for themselves, they think that they're going to improve the old nature. But they find out, doesn't matter what I try to do with my old nature, I still have to admit that there is a problem here, underlying problem, that existing with my old nature, it is a nature that is not profitable for God. That's why God did not improve our nature, He gave us a new nature. A divine nature, a nature that comes from Him, the Holy Spirit of God, in dwelling a believer. The old nature is not sufficient, it's not good, it's not profitable. Let me show you a couple of verses that need to be read. If you turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. Look at John 6, what the Lord Himself says. Look, Yeshua said in John 6, in verse 63. It is the spirit that brings life, quickeneth, but it is the flesh that profiteth. Now notice, it doesn't say it profiteth little, it says it profiteth nothing. Completely nothing. Brothers and sisters, the flesh does not profit nothing. That's what Yeshua is saying here in John chapter 6 and verse 63. The flesh profiteth nothing. Let me read you another verse in Philippians chapter 3. If you just turn there for a moment. Look what he's saying in Philippians chapter 3. And he's saying this interesting statement. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3. He says that. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in the Mashiach Yeshua and the Messiah Yeshua. And at the end of verse 3 he says, And have no confidence in the flesh. Do you know that every time that we do something in our flesh, we don't please God? Even in a religious flesh, 
God does not find pleasure in it because it is this nature, this flesh that causes or caused the Messiah to come from heaven, the Son of God, to die on the tree for our sins. And so the flesh not profiting anything, nothing, and the flesh, as it says, we are not to have confidence in the flesh, according to Philippians chapter 3. And so, what, when we back to Romans in our chapter 7, Paul is really saying, you know, the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, and I am sold under sin. Carnality, fleshly, speaks that I have the old nature and I'm sold under sin. Wherever I go, whatever I do, the old nature is sold under sin. Every sin that you and I committed, brothers and sisters, came from the old nature. The sins of the past, the sins of the present, and the sins of tomorrow, of the future. These are all coming from an inner, old, Adamic nature which cannot be improved. You can shape it, you can give it color, you can tell it what to do, and it every time will fail you, will fail God. And that's why the Lord says in John 6, The flesh profiteth not little, not something, but nothing. And so you and I, you have to admit, many times trying to improve that flesh. We're trying to kind of paint it a little bit, give it a nice color, a little religious color. We even use that flesh in many things that we do and like others to see, but at the end, it doesn't please God. It doesn't profit what God wants us to learn. And unfortunately, we will only graduate when we're going to go to heaven. But here he wants us to learn that, listen, your old nature needs to be placed where it belongs. You know, when we do baptism, tvila, we put somebody under the water. Why? What do we say when we are being baptized? That I died with the Messiah. That my own nature is right there at the funeral service, under, in a different sphere. That's it, it's gone. And when I live, when I come out of the water, I will seek to live in newness of life, with the strength of the Spirit of God. And this is what baptism actually symbolizes, what actually happened when we have accepted the Messiah. Actually, the old man, the old nature died with the Messiah, and he was raised in newness of life to live in accordance to the Spirit of God, in the power of the Spirit of God. So, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14, the law cannot change the old nature. It can't. It has no power to do it. Because the law is holy, and the old nature is sinful. The problem is not with the law. The problem is with the old nature. And that's why the Lord Jesus had to die. That's why Yeshua had to die on the cross, on the tree. Because when he died, he dealt with the old nature once and for all, removed it from before God, that you and I, the believers in the Messiah, in Yeshua, can now have a complete new nature, a divine nature. Secondly now, in the next verses, in verses 15 all the way to verse 21, not only that the law cannot change us, but the law also cannot enable us to do good. Now you and I might say, well, the law was given so we will do good things, right? And it's naturally, that's the way we are looking at it. But look what it says here in these verses. The law cannot enable us to do good. And that's why verse 15 and 16, Paul shows us here that he has two natures and they are constantly struggling one against the other. Look, let me read verse 15 and 16 first of all. And I read it again with this other translation here in verse 15. He says, I do not understand what I do. He says, for what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, this I do. 
Verse 16, he says, And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. See, what he's saying in verses 15 and 16, he's saying really that he has two natures. When one, he says, in one time he says, I cannot do the good that I want to do, and then I do the evil that I do not want to do. You know, we make a commitment that we're not going to do certain things. Let's say we say, I'm not going to raise my voice from now on. If I'm getting upset with somebody, I'm not going to raise my voice. And you make this commitment, and somebody comes along, and somehow he or she gets you so mad that you somehow brings out of your, well, out of your old nature. Anger, that you raise your voice and you start to speak loud and you maybe say things you shouldn't say. Yeah, but wait a minute, I made a promise last week that I will not raise my voice, doesn't matter what. I hold myself hard. I'll do my best. It doesn't work. Doesn't matter how, because the law says to us, or any rule said to us, you shall not do this, you shall not be, let's say you shall honor your father and your mother. Don't cover, don't steal, don't lie. All what the law is telling us, we find ourselves that we break them all. And so Paul is saying, look, I cannot do the good. I want to do good, but I don't do it for some reason. And the things that I do not want to do, for some reason I end up doing them. What we learn here, because you notice it seems to be that Paul is teaching us about the two natures here. The struggle that existing between the two natures. That which I do not want to do, that I do. And what I want to do, I do not know. It's like a struggle between the two natures. And inside us, we always have this struggle. Don't you find yourself sometimes even almost like speaking to yourself? And you say, boy, Lord, I didn't want to say that. Why did I say that? And, oh, Lord, I didn't want to covet or lust. and I didn't want to do it. But, Lord, it's rising up. There is a principle. There is a nature that rises up. And you can't control it. And you seem to say the things and do the things that you don't want to do. You see, that's what happened with a believer. That's what happened. So the mistake that we do is that we say, okay, because I have an inclination to do something, I will set a rule I will set the principle, I will set a law that tells me you shall not do this. So I set the rule, I set the law. And then I find out that I break the law because every time when the nature has been arousing, immediately we fall into the thing that we say that we will not do. And so Paul can show us here from those verses, verses 15 and 16, he shows us that the problem is not with the law. The problem is with my old Adamic nature. Because he said at the end in verse 16, that the law is good. The law itself is not a problem. The problem is the human nature. So, he's moving on now, and he's showing us here that the Lord cannot enable us to do good. He shows us now in verse 17, Paul is telling us that he understood the fact that sin dwells in him, sin nature. By the way, this expression, that sin dwells in me, notice in verse 17, Now when it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me, that expression, sin that dwells in me, he mentioned it three times in these verses. If you go a little bit further down, you will see that he mentioned this expression, sin dwells in me, verse 20, sin that dwells in me, verse 21, evil that is present with me. He mentioned this again and again. What does he mean when he says sin that dwells in me? He means sin nature. 
Don't let anybody tell you that you as a believer can arrive to a level that you're no longer going to sin. Or in other words, you're not going to have the sin nature anymore. That's the reality of life as believers. They struggle with the two natures that we have. The one is inclining to go wrong. The other one want to please God. The one is inclining to disobey God. The new nature says, I want to please my blessed Lord Yeshua the Messiah. And that new nature is being activated by the Holy Spirit of God. Not by laws, but by the Holy Spirit of God. And so, the struggle that Paul is showing to us in these verses. Again, I'm repeating verse 15 and 16. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. What I hate, I do it. Verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that the law is good. I agree that the law is good. The problem is in me. You know, every problem that exists today in believers' life comes from the old nature. It comes from the struggle that we have in the old nature. The old nature wants to have its own way. The old nature wants to rule in our life. The old nature wants to take control of our life. And we as believers need to learn from Romans chapter 7 and also chapter 8 that that old nature needs to constantly be placed where he belongs, not to feed on it. How do we feed the old nature and how do we feed the new nature? The old nature we feed is when we are occupied with people and problems, when we are constantly looking at each other, finding fault with each other. We are constantly trying to see what's wrong in others, priding ourselves, looking at ourselves, exalting ourselves. That's how we feed the old nature. How do we feed the new nature? Is looking at the beauty of Yeshua. Look at his love and his grace and the way he lived his life here, how he sought to please God. That's how we feed the new nature, reading his word, praying for one another, praying for the needs, singing with grace in our hearts unto the Lord. That's how we feed the new nature that's pleasing to God. And then the Holy Spirit of God can take us and lead us forward and help us to live victorious beyond the struggles of the believer's life. I am moving on with what the law is not able to do. Look at this and now in verse 18. In verse 18, Paul shows us two things. Number one, there is no good in the old nature. Number two, there is no power in the new nature. Now, this is very interesting. In verse 18, he says, and I'm reading again, I know that nothing good lives in me. I'll just pause here for a moment. You and I read enough the epistles of the Apostle Shaul, of Apostle Paul. And we could see what a godly man he was. I don't think the Bible ever described to us any more godly men than the Apostle Paul, than Shaul. And Shaul, Paul, still saying about himself as a believer. He doesn't talk about his life before he became a believer. He is speaking as a believer. He says, I know that in me, verse 18, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. I don't know if we have ever learned this. I don't know if we have ever think like this about ourselves. Paul says, I know experientially and I know on the basis of the word of God that in me, that is in my flesh, dwell no good thing.
You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.